0: Welcome to Naham Connections Podcast, Voices in Patient Access. Here industry experts contribute their voices about popular patient access topics, including career development and leadership, revenue cycle operations, healthcare regulations, and the patient experience. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review where you listen to podcasts.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Naham Connections Podcast. I'm Kelly Rehan, Managing Editor of NAHAM's Access Management Journal and NAHAM Connections. Today, we're discussing remote working in patient access. Earlier this year, working from home may have felt like a professional perk, but it's quickly become a business necessity as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The question remains, will remote workforce models become more of a standard in the future? To help us better understand the current shift and prepare patient access leaders for the future of the remote workforce, I'm happy to introduce Michael Borge, Senior Director of Ambulatory Patient Access and Revenue Cycle, Janelle Stout, Senior Manager of Ambulatory Central Verification and Authorizations, and Cynthia Yerger, Senior Manager in Patient Access for Pre Services, all from Banner Health. Welcome, Michael, Janelle, and Cynthia. Hi. Hello. So you were all set to present a session on embracing the remote workforce for the NAHAM 46th Annual Conference, which was unfortunately canceled due to COVID-19. Tell us about why you wanted to share this topic with patient access professionals.
2: Well, hello, this is Michael. And the reason this came up in the first place was I went to the NAHAM National Convention in Florida last year and uh, a few questions arose about how to get your senior leaders to let you um, have your employees work remotely. And I'd mentioned uh, some of the things that we'd done at Banner and just got a lot of interest around that, but people were so um, interested in moving their teams to work remotely, but it seemed like they just kind of ran up against the roadblocks of uh, senior leaders that just didn't think that it was a viable Um, business model for them and so that's why we put this together is just so that we could uh, kind of help people approach their leaders but uh, then COVID-19 happens and now everybody has people that are working from home so this is probably more of a a nuts and bolts of how you deal with people working from home now.
1: Before the COVID-19 pandemic many leaders wouldn't entertain sending their teams home. Why the discomfort around remote working?
2: Well, whenever I would speak with a senior leader team, it was usually the same thing. It, it came down to trust. It came down to how do you even know what people are doing? You're going to have problems because you can't see the people. And so they were, it was really kind of the unknown and, and what are people doing and the, and the trust involved in it. And that really was the the main issue. And so I put the presentation together to help them to think of it differently because we're always going to have problems in life or in business or with our teams. But sometimes if we focus on the 10% of times that we're gonna have problems, we're missing the 90% of times that give us really good opportunities. And um, we've just seen so many benefits and opportunities by having our teams move to a remote workforce um, that we really wanted to share it with the rest of the the teams and country and uh, let them experience some of those benefits.
0: Like what you hear on Naham Connections Podcast? Visit NAHAM.org slash Connections to catch up with the latest patient access content and insights from patient access professionals and industry experts.
1: So aside from COVID-19, what changes within the patient access profession have led to more remote working opportunities? Hello, this is Cynthia.
3: All the opportunities that have led more to remote Workforce is a performance outcome, such as a decrease in write offs and an increase in productivity. There is less in office distractions, and the team members have shown a big increase in productivity. The decrease in our organization's write offs due to registration edits or lack of authorizations proves the quality of work has more of a discipline focus. Some organizations are expanding in other departments, causing loss of space without a budget to rent more space. And this has helped turn some departments
1: into a remote workforce. Janelle, can you share some of the pros and cons of working from home, particularly for patient access professionals? A few of the pros that
4: we've come across just in our little workspace here is um, it allows our employees to have a little bit more of a flexible work schedule, which has come across with them as having a better work and home life balance. and as Cynthia mentioned, lots of uh, less work distractions. Obviously, you have your own home distractions, but less work distractions with things going around you in a workspace where there's a lot of people. Obviously, the employees are saving um, wear and tear on their vehicles of driving to and from a, a work office, gas, time to get ready. They have less stress, stress because they're not in traffic and they commuting and we've noticed too that with the flexibility of scheduling that they have a tendency to use less PTO or sick time. When you don't feel great, they can still hop on the computer, maybe they have a headache and they just don't feel great, they can still sit at their workspace at home and work. So that has been many of our biggest pros. Some of the cons would be um I think the biggest is that they don't have any interaction face-to-face with their coworkers. So that is kind of difficult for some people. They still are required to commute a little bit. We do have um, some meetings that they're required to come to. So then they have to get back into their car, and drive to a meeting. Um, And we also have some issues just with VPN or system downtime, and they're kind of struggling to get onto their systems and work. And um, just as kind of a little comedic, input here is that they, many of the employees said they eat too much working from home, they're snacking, and (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, those are a few things that they're like, oh, I'm eating too much working from home, but I would say the pros definitely outweigh the cons.
1: And what's the benefit to organizations?
4: I would say that, and Cynthia touched on it, is that there's a reduced overhead in the cost just for your, um, your healthcare system. You have, you know, we had a one-time cost, obviously, of getting um, employees set up with computers, but once that's taken place, there's not any overhead of rent or um, utilities, those kinds of things. Um, And I would say the increased productivities, um, we had a, a huge influx of productivity once the employees went home as opposed to working in a workspace. And... Recently, for us, it's been allowed us to have better recruiting possibilities. Um, Even though we're in Arizona, we have been able to recruit outside of Arizona because we allow employees to work from home. So we were able to get employees recruited from other states, which previously we had not been able to do that.
1: So what are the financial implications for organizations to move part or all of its workforce home?
2: Well, I would have to say that uh, your facility and corporate CFOs will probably really like the uh, overhead cost savings of office buildings that they don't have to use for these teams. Um, There's always a struggle in the organization to find space, um, whether it's um, in a facility and they need more space for medical care or whatever it is, but um, when we moved our teams home it was uh, an opportunity that came about because uh, our contract for uh, a building that we leased came up and instead of trying to get that contract renewed we took the opportunity to move our employees home and that showed up the next year in my budget. Um, I was way under budget from the previous year and every organization is going to really appreciate being under budget but you just take out those overhead costs and everything associated with having a a team on site and you'll see a significant cost reduction.
1: Let's discuss some of the nuts and bolts of establishing a remote workforce. How can patient access leaders lay the groundwork for a successful remote working experience? And on the other hand, how must patient access representatives comply when working remotely? This is Cynthia. Um, Patient access leaders
3: can lay the groundwork for a successful remote working experience by hardwiring the workflow before sending them remote. If a workflow is not met, it's that constant monitoring, getting them ready, preparing them, coaching them, uh, work with the reps individually to help them understand how that entire workflow needs to work. From answering the phone, to getting an account, doing the accuracy of that registration, focus on that virtual communication prior to sending them remote. Having these one-to-ones will help prepare these reps, not only get used to that virtual communication, um, but that constant communication and hardwiring that workflow will make them successful. Once your department's workflows and metrics are met, the reps are ready to take their in-office workspace to their remote location with minimal
1: disruptions. Thanks, Cynthia. And you had mentioned virtual communication. And communication, as we all know, is essential when it comes to effective working relationships. And this is especially true with a remote workforce. Can you share some communication tools that leaders should consider to encourage seamless communication among employees?
3: Yes, definitely. Uh, when it comes to effective working relationships, communication definitely is key, regardless if it's in a remote workforce or on site. Some of the communication tools we as leaders use are Skype instant messaging. We've used Microsoft Teams. That's relatively new and the teams um, love it. It's really easy to attach files, communicate with the group, um, and we also incorporate emails. We open a daily team chat for questions to be entered into a chat, and conversations kind of just go from there. This helps the group interact with one another, so it's not that loss of sight, um, feeling lonely or anything like that, and it gets them um, really in gear and engaged to complete their work. It allows the leaders to get involved as if we were on site. We follow up with a Skype or Microsoft team meeting to make sure that any information that's discussed on those chat forms, um, or if we send it out through email was understood. So it's
1: been really successful. You noted you know, feeling lonely and keeping employees engaged and employee recognition is so important for keeping employees engaged and morale high, but it's easy for remote employees to feel isolated and perhaps even forgotten. So how can patient access leaders recognize and energize the remote workforce?
4: This is Janelle. We've been recently using uh, Microsoft Teams as well. And one of the little aspects of Microsoft Teams is a praise tab. And um, you can send little kudos. There is even a way to attach um small denominational gift cards if they've done something great and it's in your budget to be able to offer a small dollar amount gift card. We also use our Yammer boards to give kudos to teams and departments and individuals when they've done something extraordinary. Um, we also uh, do recognition in our quarterly meetings. Uh, we have an in-person quarterly meeting, so we're able to do in-person recognitions and um we also have an internal um kind of like a it's just like a a kudos card you can send out for birthdays and anniversaries and those kinds of things so i think just those few things do help the team feel that somebody's recognizing them so but i'm sure there's a plethora of other ways to do it but that's just some of the things that we're currently using
0: Looking to grow your skill set and stature within patient access profession? Consider Naham's Certified Healthcare Access Associate or Certified Healthcare Access Manager, the only patient access certifications that meet NCCA standards. Showcase your knowledge, problem-solving abilities, and dedication to your career by becoming Naham certified. Visit certification.naham.org to learn more.
1: We've talked a lot about how leaders and managers feel about remote working, but what about employees? Can you share data or feedback that illuminates how employees feel about working from home?
4: I could honestly say that my workforce couldn't be happier. Um, When I came into this department, I had come from a different uh, area of Banner, and initially it was the very first thing that they wanted to be put in place they wouldn't stop asking me can when are we going to work from home can we work from home and it took a few years um, to kind of get everybody on board and management to uh, get us to be able to work from home and uh, we do a, a voice survey within our facilities um, and it's an employee engagement and we went from a really low number of about 30 percent employee engagement Um, And within a year of working from home, we were able to get up to around 89 or 90% employee engagement of how much more satisfactory they felt about their job um, and just about just working for Banner in general. So it was a huge impact and it's just been an
1: increase since then. Wow, that's really impressive, Janelle. And with all this said, is a remote workforce an opportunity that's worth the challenge for patient access leaders? And do you think COVID-19 will force patient access leaders to embrace a remote workforce, possibly as a more permanent work model?
4: I would say definitely. Um, I know just a few other departments within Site of Banner um, have now deployed employees to work from home. Um, even prior to the COVID-19, there was some other departments that had reached out to us asking, Myself and Cynthia and Michael, how do we make this happen? How do we monitor the employees? Um, they knew it was beneficial, but now they're kind of seeing um, how it works because they've sent those employees home with COVID-19. So I think it kind of just comes with our territory, the kind of work we do. Um, that working from home is just a beneficial thing for everybody.
2: Yeah, That's is Michael, I, I couldn't agree more. In fact. One of the main reasons I've always uh, tried to uh, champion working from home is to give employees a work-life balance. We, we recognize very early on that an employee that didn't have to um, spend money for traveling into work, lunches, um, you know, just everything involved with the time on the road, the money spent, and that they, they really could uh, use that time more effectively in their personal life. So they can work, but then uh, be available for uh, their other responsibilities as well, and just kind of in, enjoy life a little bit more. So um, I think that COVID nineteen is definitely going to uh, make this a more uh, a more common occurrence throughout uh, our hospital organizations. But uh, I think it's beneficial for for everybody involved.
1: Thanks, Michael. So kind of our final question that I'd like to pose to all three of you is what advice do you have for those who are newer to the remote workforce
2: my advice would be to understand that it's going to take people probably about a month to get um, accustomed to working from home just kind of to get their their routine down understand how to uh, deal with some of the distractions, maybe because of the new environment. But but once they get used to it, it really, um, uh, they, they get into a very high production mode and uh, start performing quite a lot uh, better on the average than uh, you normally expected. And so that I would just say, you know, give it a little bit of time at first and don't focus on the negative. You're always going to have problems and issues, but don't let those few Um, problems or issues distract from the overall benefit.
3: This is Cynthia. The advice that I have is uh, make sure you take your breaks. (laughs) Uh, Work can become very consuming if it's in your own home and trying to balance and separate work from home life. Once it's your shift time to be over, log off, you know, that work will always be there. It'll be as if you're in the office. Don't let it consume you.
4: And this, you know, I would say for leaders, it's, um, and we had talked about it earlier, would be the trust factor that to really be able to trust your employees. And you're going to have to just take a leap of faith at first um, to kind of just be okay with letting them be on their own. And there's ways to monitor their uh, productivity and their activity on their computers. So it's not as scary as it might seem to let them loose and be at home working. <laughs> But um, I think you tend to have a lot happier staff. If it's a, a job that they can do from home, you would have it's much happier workspace for everybody.
1: So thank you so much. That is wonderful advice that I know so many people who are new to working from home are really going to value. Um, so thank you, Michael, Janelle, and Cynthia for taking the time to share your thoughts and experiences on remote working and patient access, a topic that is more relevant and timely now than it's ever been.
2: Sure. Well, thank
4: you. Thank you for having okay. us.
1: And thank you to everyone listening today. We look forward to bringing you more episodes of the Naham Connections podcast throughout the year. In the meantime, you can access a wealth of patient access news and insights by visiting Naham Connections at naham.org slash connections.
0: Thank you for listening to Naham Connections Podcast, Voices in Patient Access. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest news and insights in patient access. Read more in-depth articles by visiting us at Naham Connections. N- A H A M dot org slash connections. Until next time.